From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, when anti-VEGF agents fail. We have uh, some indications that uh, BDT is superior to uh, monotherapy of anti-VEGF, such as Lucentis or Ovastin. First this. As seen from here reaches ophthalmologists in 98 countries, transfers more than half a terabit of podcasts every month, but the potential audience is much larger. Please tell your colleagues about this free resource, Flattening the Ophthalmic World. And while you're at it, let your residents and fellows know about Open Ophthalmology, a free basic science video podcast, already a force in ophthalmic education with 1,800 viewers watching 6,000 video lectures every month. Information wants to be free. Help me give it away. In the treatment of choroidal neovascularization, anti-vascular endothelial growth factor agents like ranibizumab work wonderfully, except when they don't. And when anti-VEGF agents don't produce the expected effect, some consideration should be given to the idea that the pathology being treated is not just choroidal neovascularization. Maybe it's polypoidal choroidal vasculopathy. So says Alex Stangos, my guest today. Alex, welcome to a scene from here. Ranibizumab has, on the whole, been a remarkably successful treatment for neovascular age-related macular degeneration. Having said this, there are treatment failures. How common are they? Now, um, indeed, ranibizumab and anti-VEGF in general have uh, revolutionized management of neovascular AMD. Speaking about ranibizumab or Lucentis, uh, the landmark RCT, or the randomized controlled trials, like Anchor and Marina, have shown that uh, with uh, monthly treatments, uh, 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 12 months after um, approximately 95% of patients maintain the vision, which means losing uh, less than 15 uh, EDTR letters from baseline. And after 24 months, uh, 90% of the Marina study lost less than 15 letters. And now, similar results to these RCT studies have been achieved with uh, the PRONTO study. The PRONTO study, um, patients have received a loading dose of three monthly consecutive injections followed by monthly treatments if needed. And the recruitment criteria were mainly OCT-guided. Uh, and at 12, 20, 24 months, uh, pronto patients uh, uh, have an average of 10 injections, which are significantly less compared to the RCTs. Now, failure relies on how we define it. So if you define failure as a loss of uh, more than 15 letters, uh, then uh, Lucentis is a very successful uh, treatment with a rate of more than 90% at two years. If you define um, vision uh, uh, success um, um, or failure when visual acuity is, uh, is stable or worse, then according to some, um, uh, some uh, authors, uh, there is a failure up to 45%. Uh, so we try to avoid the term failure and we prefer the term refractory or resistance to treatment. And we define that um, on, on evidence of persistent subretinal or interretinal fluid on OCT, new hemorrhage or new serious or hemorrhagic PEDs, after at least three consecutive 
uh, monthly treatment, regardless of uh, best correct physical acuity. Um, now, if you ask me why and how we came up with this definition, uh, the reason is that uh, according to previous published data, 90% of treated patients had a resolution of all fluids or exudation, if you want, after three consecutive muscle injections. Um, and this, is a, this was published back in 2007. So um, it, it, it's difficult to say how common a failure is. Uh, we are conducting a study uh, now for, for this specific reason in our units, but I cannot give you a specific number on how, how common this is. Prior to your study, what reasons had been suggested that patients might be refractory to ranibizumab treatment? Yes, uh, well, uh, potential reasons for treatment failure or resistance to treatment would be a development of resistance to anti-VEGF treatment or vitreomacular traction elements or late initiation of the treatment with uh, vascular maturation. Um, another reason would be poor compliance to, to the established guidelines or permanent structural damage such as atrophy, retinal pigment epithelium, rips, or fibrosis. Or, of course, it could be a wrong baseline diagnosis uh, or uh, conditions uh, with similar phenotypic characteristics like masqueraders. This could be a center of serious for retinopathy, uh, macular retinal vein occlusions, pseudo-vitelliform lesions, macular telegenesia, and of course, polypoidal choroidal vasculopathy. We're going to be discussing polypoidal choroidal vasculopathy. Can I get you to talk about the histopathology of polypoidal choroidal vasculopathy? Um, yes, actually, the, the key issue I think here is uh, whether PCV or polypoidal choroidal vasculopathy is a variant of CNV or whether it is a separate entity. Uh, uh, this is actually a controversial issue, and there are a few um, histopathological studies on PCV with uh, conflicting results. Originally, PCV uh, was labeled as an angioma um, with large vascular channels, and uh, then another group reported uh, degenerated small choroidal arterioles and capillaries with uh, thickened basement membranes and dilated venules. And later on, another group uh, described uh, finds hyalinization of choroidal vessels with massive fibrin uh, deposition similar to uh, uh, findings found in, in um, atherosclerosis. Uh, now, all these findings are not consistent with CMV. In contrary, there were some histolo- uh, there was a single couple of histopathological examinations where PCV uh, uh, was found within the, the Brooks membrane and this is consistent with uh, CNV. So uh, histopathologically for PCV is not, um, uh, it's it's really uh, conflicting, so we we can't really say whether and exactly what's going on. We definitely need further histopathological studies to elucidate or cast light on PCV pathogenesis. Alex, what was the question that your study sought to answer? The purpose of our study was to report a neovascular AMD pattern refractory to ranibizumab uh, or um, cases showing suboptimal response um, and specifically to alert clinicians that resistance to a course of ranibizumab injections can be related to polypodal choroidal vasculopathy. Investigation with endocene uh, and green angiography is crucial in revealing these uh, lesions. Um, however, however, we were not the first to report this association. Joe and uh, associates from New York 
were the first to report this uh, correlation before us. Alex, can I get you to describe the design of your study? Yes. Uh, well, this was, uh, this was a retrospective observational case series on 12 eyes of 12 patients identified with the refractory wet AMD to Lucentis attribute to PCV and patients with persistent macular um, exudation after at least three uh, consecutive monthly Lucentis treatments, regardless of uh, best correct visual acuity, were uh, labeled as refractory to treatment and were, they were uh, further investigated with ICD uh, where PCV was found. So we describe actually um, uh, this, this small cohort of 12 patients. What were your main outcome measures? Uh, we looked for, uh, we classified the PCV according to Hackett's classification scheme on location, formation, size, and foci of uh, PCVs, the duration of the disease before uh, PCV diagnosis, number of treatments and uh, treatment modalities prior to PCV diagnosis, and the uh, demographic characteristics of, uh, of this small group of patients. How did you establish the diagnosis of polypoidal corotovasculopathy? Well, the diagnosis of PCV was based on diagnostic criteria agreed uh, during the Novartis Roundtable in Singapore back in 2008. To simplify things for our audience, uh, diagnosis of PCV was established by uh, the presence of branched vascular networks terminating in polypoidal or polypolar-like lesions located under the RP, always with the use of an ICT uh, angiography. And the angiograms were evaluated independently by four clinicians, and final diagnosis was, was based on the concurrent opinion of three out of four clinicians. What were the results of your study? Um, in, our, in this small cohort, um, all patients were uh, belonged to the, the white race, 100%. Uh, half of them were uh, male. Um, the mean age at presentation was uh, 75 years. Breakdown of baseline diagnosis uh, was eight cases with occult CNV or type 1 uh, CNV lesion, one with classic no occults, one minimal classic, one predominantly classic, and one uh, rap lesion. There were four treatment-naive cases, which means that they had directly uh, Lucentis treatment, whereas there were uh, five patients um, switching from Marketing to Lucentis, one PDT to Lucentis, one PDT, Marketing, then Lucentis, and then a fro- a one, one case from uh, Avastin to uh, Lucentis. And fellow diagnosis, um, uh, most of them uh, had either dry AMD or end-stage wet AMD, there were two cases with serious PDs, one with epiretinal membrane and one with uh, no pathology detected. Polypoidal choroidal vasculopathy is not the only etiology of choroidal neovascularization that's poorly responsive to anti-VEGF therapy. What other pathologies or other clinical manifestations correlate with poor response to anti-VEGF therapy? Um, in theory, uh, Disorders that they are not VGF-mediated uh, um, should not respond to anti-VGF uh, treatments, such as uh, serous, uh, central serous retinopathy, adult vitelliform or pseudo-vitelliform lesions, uh, VNT, like, you know, vitreomacular macular traction uh, elements, and uh, cases with uh, end-stage or uh, end-stage disease, uh, with permanent uh, structural damage, I assume.
on that same thought, Alex, is progression of pathology in polypoidal choroidal vasculopathy not VEGF mediated? We don't know. We don't know this answer. We don't know whether it is VEGF or not mediated. Uh, there are conflicting reports. Um, show again in, uh, in their in collaborators in their uh, study they have hypothesized that uh, there's a fine balance between VGF and PDF uh, factors and when you suppress VGF with anti-VGF like Lucentis or Robustin then you may uh, disrupt this fine balance and this might uh, lead to um, progression or um, development of uh, PCV lesions but this is uh, speculation. Just to clarify that thought why does polypoidal choroidal vasculopathy respond poorly to anti-VEGF therapy? Because most probably uh, it's not VGF mediated. So most probably it's not a, a CNV. Uh, it's, a, it's a choroidal vasculopathy of um, other reasons. So this is why uh, it might not, in my opinion, respond to VGF treatment. In the context of your own department, how do you manage patients with choroidal neovascularization recalcitrant to anti-VEGF therapy? And do you always obtain endocinin green angiography? Yes. Um, the main thing is to uh, clinically examine the patients. So uh, fungus bionecroscopy would give you a lot of information about what's going on in the back part of the eye. And again, if you uh, see clinically that uh, an end-stage disease or extensive fibrosis, then most probably this is the reason why the patient is not responding to the treatment. Uh, uh, however, in absence of uh, permanent structural damage, then uh, definitely um, uh, I would um, uh, advise uh, clinicians to uh, perform ICG because uh, uh, this is a, a very valuable tool in revealing PCV lesions. Once you establish a diagnosis of polypoidal choroidal vasculopathy, how do you manage these patients? Now, it depends if the patient is symptomatic or asymptomatic. If the patient is symptomatic and is treatment naive, then I would discuss the implications of, uh, of uh, the its treatment modality. Of course, if it is symptomatic, we would treat. If, it is, if the patient is asymptomatic, we tend to um, uh, defer treatment because of the natural cause of disease. 50% of uh, PCV cases uh, need no treatment. But uh, for this 50% that they uh, usually end up with, uh, with the visual acuity uh, lost, then we would advise a treatment. Now, the treatment would be uh, most probably PDT, although there are no um, uh, RCT studies uh, on the PCD uh, issue. Uh, there is a quite a robust evidence on uh, PDT for the dynamic therapy with Visudine for polypodal cardiovasculopathy. And uh, we are waiting for the, the Everest trial results. Um, uh, we have uh, some indications that uh, PDT is superior to uh, monotherapy of um, anti-VEGF such as Lucentis or Ovastin. So I would definitely go for a PDT with or without Lucentis. Alexandros Stangos, thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Alexandros Stangos is Senior Medical Retina Fellow at St. Paul's Eye Unit at the Royal Liverpool University Hospital in Liverpool, United Kingdom. His paper, Polypoidal Choroidal Vasculopathy, Masquerading as Neovascular Age-Related Macular Degeneration Refractory to Ranibizumab, 
appears in the November 2010 issue of the American Journal of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Stangos or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.